you can be whoever you want to be on camera. Like you can sort of create a persona for yourself or you can be a, you know, super hyped up, pumped up kind of guy, or you can just be your own personality. Like it's really up to you to define who you're going to be on camera. Cause that's all the audience is going to know. Dude, there's, we don't have any competition. Like, because there's only one Sean, there's only one Amani. Like people are going to be attracted to who they're attracted to. Like think about McDonald's, how many hamburger joints there are in your neighborhood, right? There's probably like some fast food restaurants. There's some local mom and pop spots. There's some little greasy, greasy spoon joints. They all serve hamburgers. Are they in competition? Well, no, because each person likes what they like. And some people like McDonald's. Some people like mom and pop. Some people like greasy spoon, you know? So you kind of have to find what works for you. And then the people will be attracted to you for your authenticity is what I believe. Welcome to the Amp Up Your Voice on YouTube podcast. This is the place to discover jaw-dropping ways to pump up your voice and create an experience for your listeners, either live in person or on video. All right, so we're here with Amani Channel. Welcome to the house. This is a great um, news podcast called Amp Up Your Voice on YouTube. And I'm pleased to see you, Amani. I haven't seen you in a little bit. How has it been going? Everything's good, man. Just uh, dealing with the stay-at-home order and staying safe and working from home and it's a new world man yeah and for those of you that might be listening to this in the future we're in the middle of that coronavirus craziness so we're all at that stay-at-home order so yeah. that's where we're right now hunkering down but we're creating things and one of the things we're doing right now is this podcast so let me give a little bit about your background because we have a connection in that i'm from originally from tampa i grew up over there and you did broadcasting over there. So I think that's kind of interesting and we'll get into that as well. But I wanna talk a little bit about what this program is about and that is really, the, it's called Amp Up Your Voice. And if you look up Amplify, it means raise, but it also means if you look at the root word of to increase or expand. So that's something that I'm looking at with this podcast is to create opportunities for people to have more options in how they communicate to have more abilities when they're on YouTube, when they're doing a video podcast, or even when they're speaking on Skype and other things. Because now, nowadays, we need even more of that ability to be able to communicate virtually. Now, more oh, man, than ever. Have, have you looked in buying a webcam these days, dude? They are ridiculously expensive That's just true. for that reason. Are they, are they shooting them up because of that? Like external webcams, yeah, like the Logitech that I'm using right now, it's like 200 bucks. Really? It's I got sold out. I want to get one, but not right now. Maybe when it drops a little bit, you know? Yeah, when we're all back to work. <laughs> they're, they're trying to, uh, to hound us on that, just like the hand sanitizer and all that. Amani Lout, so for our listeners, because there may be some people that don't, don't know you or don't have the privilege of seeing you broadcast because I'm from Tampa, so I saw you actually do some news reporting live over there. But talk a little bit about your background, how you started in reporting and news, and then you got into more of the creative side of news and, and broadcast, and also some of the YouTube work you've done and freelance. Because I think yeah, that's important for our viewers, because they're going to know, like, how do you have an interesting perspective on video and communication? Definitely. So, I mean, we're going to, I'm going to give you the 10 minute version, <laughs> 10 minute version, yeah. long version. So, um, I started studying broadcasting in California. I'm from East Palo Alto, California. And when I graduated from high school, I took a year off. I was doing some ministry work. And then I went to community college where I started studying at the community college and then I transferred to the University of Florida. And I basically worked in broadcasting video production ever since the first class that I took. Cause I really just love the, I love the art. I love the equipment. I just love everything about 
making videos and radio, I mean, radio, television, all that stuff, broadcasting. So um, I ended up in Tampa, Florida um, after I got a job in DC, after I graduated from the University of Florida. And that's where I really sort of learned the hard knocks about working in the news business. Um, the advice always is to go to a small market whenever you first get your first job. And just because of the way the fit news gods faded me is that my first job was in DC, my second job was in Tampa. So I started working as a reporter trainee and that's really where I caught my lumps because after about a year, I started reporting after about a year, I worked through the various departments and I used to like, when I first started reporting, dude, I was just green. So I, I just would like stutter, stumble. Like I have many, many a train wreck or choke. I would choke on air live. I just had a lot of struggles and I finally figured it out. And then after I left Tampa, um, I left Tampa in 2006, um, me and my wife sort of wanted a fresh start. We moved to Atlanta. Um, I worked for a couple of small, I worked for a small cable network. They went out of business. Then I worked for a network out of New York. They went out of business. And by that time I had got my master's. So I taught at a couple of universities. I worked for a PR company. Um, by that time I sort of had started a YouTube channel. I think when, right when I got to Atlanta, I sort of started my YouTube channel. Uh, about 2000, I think by 2011, somewhere around there, I started uh, teaching people online. So using YouTube, I started like doing tutorials on video production under the brand called Web Video, video Chefs. And so my partner up in Baltimore, Chip Desar and I, we just do tutorials. And the thing is we wanted to like monetize like the content, right? We wanted to like um, create courses and do that whole, that whole thing. The way we sort of structured our tutorials was we always answer questions that our community posed to us. So someone might have a question about editing, someone might have a question about a microphone, someone might have a question about whatever. We, we were like, we're everything to everyone. And so you know what that problem is. When you're everything to everyone, you're really nobody, no, no, no one to nobody. <laughs> like about 2017, 2018, I come up with this idea to kind of help other business owners who might be challenged communicating their message on camera like I did when I was a, a young reporter. And so that's when I came up with Video Fearless and um, I continue to make YouTube videos. I, you know, YouTube link. I mean, I'm pretty much post my videos everywhere. I have a Facebook group and um, yeah, it's all, I mean, cause to me, even when I first started like on YouTube in 2006, I was like, wow, you don't need the mainstream media anymore to tell a story. You can all do it yourself. And currently I work at Fox five in Atlanta. So I'm a creative services producer. So now I work behind the scenes. I don't work in front of the camera anymore. So that is basically where I've been and what I'm doing now in a nutshell. No, that's great because I think one of the things that that viewers are going to want to know is that progression because people are honestly, they might be just starting out when they're listening to this and they want to get started maybe on YouTube or creating great video content. And one of the things that I wanted to tackle and talk to you about was because I faced it is, you know, you have that red camera light go on or someone count down three, two, one, and it's up to you to like say what you're going to say and come across like intelligently and not just completely blank out, which a lot of people do. I know I've faced that. I probably you have as well. What stories do you have related to that? Or is there anything in particular that you would recommend? Yeah, I think that it comes down to nerves. A lot of times that's like the mind going blank thing. Like you might know exactly what you want to say. You try to memorize it. You try to have it, you know, verbatim. You try to know what your lines and be real familiar with them. And then as soon as like it's time to perform, like mind goes blank or you stumble or you just don't start it off right. And it's like, oh, well, let me start again. And then, and then you get in this mode where it's like you get frustrated because you're making mistakes and then your nerves are kind of, you're, you're not at a good emotional level. And really, you know, when you think about musicians or artists who are performing, like they always perform well when they're relaxed. So if you're not in a relaxed state, um, that will really affect your performance, especially when you talk about, you know, 
if you're struggling to get your message out. So it's a couple of things that's being familiar with what you want to talk about without memorizing it and then being in a relaxed state and, and feeling good about what you're saying. Like just knowing that you can help people with your content. Um, it's, 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 I say that uh, performing on camera is like 80% mental and 20% is actually in the delivery of what you're going to say. Okay. So mental is the, of course, a big, big part of it. Yeah, I think, I think, I think so. Yeah, I think for me, what's helped me too is kind of writing down all the things that could possibly go wrong of what's going to happen coming up. And which it sounds sort of antithetical, but really what it is, is you're kind of preparing yourself for all the things that could happen. And hey, you're going to be able to deal with them. You know, so that's yeah. kind of helped me sometimes because things will go wrong and they always do. And things will come up unexpected. So if I write down all the possible things, technology problems, I mess up, I forget something you know, then I feel a little bit more comfortable and confident. I like the fact that, you know, you talk about that relaxed state. I think that's what we're at. We're at our best, right? When we're relaxed. How do we harness that? Because I know I've seen clips that you show sometimes of you struggling with that in the, in the very beginning at uh, WTVT. Is that what it is? Yeah, uh, WTV. Yeah. Right. In 13. So what were the challenges with that? And was there a turning point where you felt the certain day that you, you overcame that? Was it like a lightning bolt or how did it work where you finally like turned it on? Cause I know you got a lot better on camera uh, at the news. Yeah. So um, for me, it was just, so I was struggling for like, I want to say years, like maybe two or three years, maybe where I would just get really nervous. Like, <clears throat> you know, Tampa is like the 13th largest market. It's even bigger than Miami. A lot of people don't know that or don't realize that. And I was, at a, I was a young reporter at a big market with a lot of seasoned veterans, right? A lot of experienced newsmen and women. And I think that just the nerves, just the fact that it was live TV, I just kind of psyched myself out of it. And I would imagine like whenever you're starting something anyways, like especially with video, um, speaking on camera, it's like an unner unnerving thing because a camera isn't really a person, it's a device. And I just really struggled and I do remember. So one day my cameraman, he was, his name is Rod Finch and we used to work together on the weekends and he came over from the NBC station. So he, he saw me struggle and then he ended up working with me as well. So he, he used to remember like when I would choke on my live shots and struggle and then he ended up being my cameraman. He, one day he was like, Amani, you know, a lot of the, um, the guys at work, like the people who you think you're friends, they talk about you behind your back. You know that, right? And like, to me, honestly, like it wasn't really a surprise, Sean, because, I mean, I, w I knew I was struggling. Like I knew that I had challenges. And so um, he was like, well, what's going on with that? And I was like, well, no one's really, I mean, somebody gave me some advice to be like this guy and it just really wasn't jiving with my personality. And so Rob Finch decided to work with me and help me out. And then one day we were doing a, a, a stand-up. He was shooting a stand-up, which is the on-camera bit that's recorded. And I tried to be this hardcore newsman and I was kind of talking really loud into the mic and kind of was over-modulating his earpiece. And he was like, why are you yelling at me? He kind of like got real frustrated. And I was like, dude, I'm just trying to be a reporter. He's like, look, I think somebody gave you some bad advice. Someone told you to be like this guy, but this guy isn't like you. Think about this guy. He has more like, he's more laid back like you are. And when he said that, I realized that I could just be myself and still be a, a, a news personality. I could still deliver the news, but in my own authentic voice. And so um, I can't say that I got good like overnight, but I do remember, um, like, do you remember the Terry Schiavo story? There's the right to, I don't know if you remember, there's the right to die story out in Tampa that became like a national news where there's like a, a, a wife who like was in a vegetative state and the husband wanted to pull off her breathing machine and the family didn't. And I was covering this big national story. And I remember um, 
I did my live shot and I just kind of nailed it. Right. And I got back to the station and the news director was like, Amani, that was it today, man. He kind of like gave me his nod of approval. He's like, dude, you, you grew up today, man. He's like, it was a good job. And I can't say that I felt good delivering it, but I kind of felt like I kind of owned my delivery. And so after that, I, you know, after basically do get my reps in, I, I finally figured it out. So um, that's kind of my story. That's, that's kind of what happened, how I went from struggling news reporter to like, I got written up at the station. Like folks told me that I didn't have what it took to be a reporter. And even when I first started, I knew I could do it. It was just that it took me a little while to figure it out. And um, I think for anyone who's getting started, they have to realize that you have to be bad, maybe bad a lot or, or bad enough before you get good at anything really. And speaking on cameras, like a not a natural skill. It's not like you're not born, you're born to communicate, but it's not really natural to speak to a camera. So it just took me a little while to figure it out, but now I can help others do the same. I think you're talking about the authenticity, like that that's the most important thing. And if you're yourself and you're able to kind of bring out your best self when you're communicating, that that's number one. And then in the beginning, you were trying to be someone that maybe wasn't your style or that didn't work or gel with you. But once mm -hmm. you got aligned with like that person that you, you are really that you were very much better as a reporter. Is definitely, that, is definitely. that kind of the idea? That's, that's exactly what it is. And like, and you know, like, so the thing with the reporters, they told me that you have to be authoritative yet conversational. Right. So, so I, you have to be an authority. Like I can't say that when I was on air, I talk like I'm talking to you right now because you know, you have to be like uh, a little bit like that. But it was just, you have to do it in a way that it feels natural to your own voice is what it is. And, um, you know, and what I say too to folks is that you can be whoever you want to be on camera. Like you can sort of create a persona for yourself or you can be a, you know, super hyped up, pumped up kind of guy, or you can just be your own personality. Like it's really up to you to define who you're going to be on camera because that's all the audience is going to know but you have to be consistent with whatever persona you take on, right? So you can't be like super jacked up one day like Grant Cardone and then super laid back the next day because, you know, the audience can be like, who is this guy? They're not going to be familiar. Their, their familiarity is going to be messed up. Um, so, yeah, I mean, just, just be yourself, but sometimes you might have to imagine you're someone else. I mean, that, if it works for you, you kind of have to do what works for you. But for me, it was just like being myself, not worrying about the next guy, just speaking to my own, being, being authentic, really. And I think that anyone who talks about online video will always say, just be yourself, just be yourself, just be yourself. Because um, that's, I think, when, when we're our best is when we're being ourselves. Yeah, I find that to be true, too. Like, when you pump it up too much and it's really not your, your vibe, then it's, it, it comes off wrong. Yeah, it I totally can be forced, agree with that. It can be forced, it can be unnatural. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, what I think, too, is people, when they see that camera, like, it's an artificial thing. You know, it's, a, it's like a machine or if it's an iPhone or, or anything. It's just a technology piece and it's not another person. So how do you deal with that? Because that's something else that adds to the mix is that there's a technology piece there that it's a little artificial, right? So how do you, and I don't know how it works in reporting. I don't know if you're seeing the, the anchor at, or you're just imagining. Not, not usually. Like there, not usually. there's rare occasions where they would have a monitor where you'd be able to see what was going on. That happened a couple of times reporting where you'd actually see the, you could look at the monitor and sort of see what, see your story rolling or whatever. But normally you're just, talking to a camera, you have an earpiece so you can hear what's going on at the station, like the producer needs to talk to you, or if they, you hear the anchor line, so you kind of, so they have what's called the roll cue. So um, what usually happens is the anchors will have a, they'll toss it to you, so they'll say Amani, and then you'll sort of say your lines, and then 
the last thing you say before they roll to your package, which is the pre usually, okay, I'm going to get a little bit deep here. So normally with reporters, what they'll do is they'll front their story live. So they'll say the first couple words live and they'll roll a pre-recorded story in the middle of that or a sound bite. That's like the package, finish. right? That's a package. Yeah, that's what they call a package. And the end of the package will come back live. So the middle section actually is a pre-recorded piece that you're already that you already produced. And so you have what's called a roll cue, which is the last thing you're supposed to say before they take your package. And so, um, you know, it, it can be. Um, it's just I think it's just reps. You know, what I'm saying at the end of the day, it's just doing your reps, getting comfortable. Um, but in terms of remembering your lines, so what what. I learned the best way is just not to memorize it because when you memorize your information, what I was taught was that if you don't say things exactly how you memorize it, you're going to, you're going to, when you mess up, your subconscious is going to tell you that you messed up and then you'll be focused on what you didn't say instead of saying in the moment of what you're supposed to say. Right? So instead of doing that, write down talking points. And this is what I suggest even to my students and what I would suggest for anyone who's really struggling, just write down your big picture ideas because if you're, um, a hobbyist or an expert in whatever it is, whether it's a hobby, whether it's your profession, you're trying to share some information on camera, you got to kind of know what you're talking about anyway. So I'm not, we're not going to assume you're just like making it up. So you're going to know your subject, but just write down like three big picture ideas and then speak to those topics instead of just trying to memorize your information. And then if you get off track, you know, you can look back down at your notes or, you know, whatever, so you can get back on track. But that's a better way of trying to communicate on camera, I feel like, than trying to memorize it. Because if you try to memorize your information, you're invariably going to mess up. And then you're going to, you know, you've seen that you've had the, the I'm sure you've, um, I always think about the kid who's like reciting the Christmas lines at church, right? And he's not reciting them perfectly. And he's starting over again because he can't get the words out. Well, it's not about perfection. It's just about communicating, right? So even in a natural conversation, you might misspeak. But you're not going to say, oh, let me start over again. You're just going to keep going. You're going to say rather, or I meant to say whatever. You know what I'm saying? Um, the same thing when you're recording a video. Don't, don't worry about perfection. You got to keep it moving, but just get through it. You know. And what I teach my students is to get through their idea from beginning, middle, from beginning to end in one take. And if you're able to do that, then you can you know, really start having some success on camera. But yeah, it's not natural to speak to a camera. It's no. just a vice. It doesn't smile. It doesn't nod. Mm. It just sits there. Um, there are some other tricks. So... What I was told, which didn't always work for me, but when I was first starting out, when I was really challenged, people would say, imagine you're talking to a friend or your mom. Um, I've had some students who say that putting a picture of a best friend on the back of their camera helps them get through it. So they imagine they're talking to a friend. I had one guy tell me he put, put his dog on his camera and he was just talking to his dog. Like whatever, whatever trick you can do to psych yourself out will work. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, you're just communicating. And I guess the difference is that the, the camera doesn't give you any feedback, but you have to remember there's a person on the other side of the camera as well. So like, um, I'm recording these little, I just started doing these little one minute, like call them, I forget what a hot video minute, I think is what I called it on LinkedIn when I posted the video today, but just like one minute, uh, tips on presentation, mindset, whatever. And so, you know, it's just, I'm talking to myself really you know, it's kind of awkward feeling when you first, like I'm in the neighborhood, I'm outside my house and I'm like, man, there's a car going to roll by, see me talking to my camera. <laughs> you know, I mean, you, you have those things that go through your mind, but at the end of the day, it's just having a conversation with the audience members. Um, have a good idea of who you're talking to. That's what I suggest for folks. That's a good point because I think that's a big part too, is whatever video you're doing that you're talking to your audience, right? You're talking to who you're you're communicating to and one of the things when you were at um in tampa broadcasting is that was that in the 90s or was that 
2000s? That was from, that was from, uh, so I graduated in 1997. That was from 98 to 2006. See, that time period was a lot, like you had a lot bigger base of viewership because there weren't as many, first of all, the internet was in its infancy. It wasn't even like where it's at now. Plus people watched a lot of TV. So when you were on, you were for pretty much the whole city. I mean, mean, that's pretty amazing. So uh, it's not to, I could see how it could be a little intimidating once uh, when you're in that, that position, but uh, that was, that's a great training ground as far as being thrown a story and, and just running with it and, and just, you know, really telling, tell, and it's about storytelling too. I think that's one of the things I wanted to get in with you because you also made the transition to going on YouTube, teaching, you know, uh, web video chefs. And now it seems like behind the camera while you're teaching as well and consulting and doing all of your other video work behind the scenes at, in Atlanta, it seems like you're able to sit and see talent on camera, assist them probably with things mm-hmm. that you went through. What are, are there some things you learned when watching other broadcasters right now in your current position? And also, what did you learn going through the web video chefs and making all those YouTube videos? Because I know you did a whole bunch of <laughs> view style videos and a bunch of different, I don't know if you did unboxing videos. It seems like you did everything. Yeah, we did everything. We did unbox like I unboxed this this mic this Rodent microphone actually. Nice. I always love those videos, man. It's just <laughs> there's another microphone around here twice. Like hearing it's the like, sound effects of like the bubble wrap and <laughs> you yeah, did a little bit of everything. Okay, so where do I start? Um yeah, so with web video chefs, that was just about like teaching people basically, you know what I'm saying? And 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 as far as storytelling goes with that, every story should be structured. What I was taught was that you structure every story beginning, middle, end. So your beginning is the intro. So you tell them what you're going to tell them, you tell them, and then you tell them what you told them or beginning, middle, end, or how I like to do a lot of my videos these days. I like to start them with a question or else in this video, I'm going to talk about X, Y, or Z because people these days don't want to dilly dally. don't want to fiddle faddle with the content, right? They want to know straight up if they're going to be interested in or not. So kind of tease them at the beginning with a question or with something related to the topic they'll know if the video's for them or not, and then you get into the content. Um, quick little introduction on Monty channel. Um, the video fearless dude who um, helps business owners attract leads and clients with video marketing, but they're terrified to speak on camera, and then I get into the content. You know, that's sort of how I do it these days. But I feel like at the end of the day, being authentic, being caring about your audience, caring about the information you're sharing, um, you know, hooking people in. So maybe sharing a, a little tidbit or, or a snippet or like a teaser kind of information. It's always a good way to start your video. Something to really hook them in, I think is always important whenever you're creating video content. What's your most popular video that you've done on YouTube, if you can remember it? And why was it that popular? Do you think there was something that made it a little bit more popular to viewership? And was it something you said or something you didn't? Wow. Um, so I, I'd have to look on YouTube, man, to figure that oh, out. Um, there's a contact video that I did where I'm like trying to put in context and I hate putting context in my eyes. It's like, uh, uh, it's pretty popular. Um, well, like I think that would be popular because of the common struggle, right? Everyone yeah. maybe has that and they want to see, you know, how you deal with that or. Exactly. But that was like one of my first, like, this is like going back. It's like one of my first YouTube videos back in like 2006. <laughs> and I was just like messing around in my bathroom. I was like, I'm just going to have to kind of show it all the angles. Um, yeah. Actually, I it's not always one particular thing. Sometimes it's a mix of a lot of different factors that mm-hmm. influence whether a video like really explodes or does really popular. I will so, say this. YouTube is a harder yoke to crack these days than it was back then. <laughs> <laughs> just let your audience know that you know you gotta stick with youtube you gotta be really pay attention to your seo to your 
analytics to like your messaging. Like you have to be very deliberate in a lot of things that I'm still working on, but like with video chefs and with my other stuff, like it didn't take long for us. Like, I think shortly after we started video chefs, like Forbes reached out to us and did a little article on us and nice. all sorts. like I've gotten speaking opportunities. I've, I've found clients because of my video presence. So there are a lot of advantages of making videos like from media to, you know, speaking at conferences, a lot of opportunities can emerge. So for folks that are just getting started, just stick with it. And if you're passionate about it, I say the most important thing for YouTube is to find a subject that you're passionate about. Because if you just want to be a star, if you just want a bunch of eyeballs, that might not happen as fast as you want it to happen. It just might not. I'm just saying. Um, so, you know, you got to find something that you're passionate about that you really love to teach or share because you got to put in that work. You got to treat YouTube like a job. You really do. Yeah. I mean, as far as my, you know, I have like one video that has like, it's right around like 400,000 uh, views right now. And that video I just did as a test for this YouTube class I was teaching just to, you know, just kind of show like what's possible. Like I'm not an expert at impromptu speaking, but I thought I know enough. I've been a Toastmaster to, to teach something on it. I know maybe a little bit more than some other people and I did it and it's really done really well. So it's just amazing how some of the factors of maybe keywording or there's a lot of other things um, that you can, you know, and that what people are actively looking for, you know, on Google and YouTube as well. I have a friend that was, uh, has started a YouTube channel as well. And he did a video on like live videos for ministry. And that video like popped his like whole YouTube channel. Like he started subscribers, double, tripled. And it's just like that one video is what they say will make the difference. So you got to make that content until you can finally get that one little viral or whatever hit. And that can kind of propel your channel. What are some tips that people could start using uh, as far as uh, just to make their, their content more interesting by how they deliver it? Yeah, I think that part of it is just rehearsing. So kind of knowing what you're going to say before you say it is really big. Like, I think a lot of people really struggle because they're trying to wing it or they're not really thinking through their talking points or they're not really thinking through the information, like what kind of journey they want to take their audience on. Um, so I start with just practicing, getting familiar with your content, which you're going to talk about, maybe writing down your intro, your talking points, what kind of story you want to weave in. And just getting comfortable with that and then maybe doing it off camera or even on camera a couple of times to practice the second, the second video that you record, like if you record, a, you get through your messaging, take a few minutes, take like five minutes, relax, and then record it again. The second one's going to be much better because the messaging is going to sing into your subconscious a little bit stronger and be a little bit more familiar with your talking points and be able to deliver it a little more effectively. Just don't get frustrated if you have to take a hundred takes, right? Like, oh man, it took me an hour to get through this video message or this content. Because at the end of the day, the audience is only going to see that good take anyways, right? I mean, you're only going to share the good, maybe you're going to chop it up and jump cut it or whatever. But at the end of the day, they're only going to see the best parts of your video anyway. So, you know, find one topic. Like when I make my videos, I usually make them on one subject and answer a question related to one question. And don't go off on a ramble or go off on a whole bunch of different topics. You know, stick to that one thing and, and that'll kind of keep you focused on what your message is. That'll help you dial it in. So that's kind of like the less is more kind of idea because oh, yeah. really you really want to zone in on something more specific than just speaking in all the generalities that a whole bunch of other people could do. But what makes your video different is it's your personal take. Exactly. And you know, each person, like I was talking to my brother last night and I was like, dude, there's, we don't have any competition. Like, because there's only one Sean, there's only one Imani, like people are going to be attracted to who they're attracted to. Like think about McDonald's, how many hamburger joints there are in your neighborhood, right? There's probably like some fast food restaurants. There's some local mom and pop spots. There's some little greasy, greasy spoon joints. They all serve hamburgers. 
Are they in competition? Well, no, because each person likes what they like. And some people like McDonald's, some people like mom and pop, some people like greasy spoon, you know, so you kind of have to find what works for you. And then the people will be attracted to you for your authenticity is what I believe. It's just, I don't know. It's just your brain's got to process it in a different way. So it's better to be prepared that way. Do you find like when you were doing the porting, I would think that would have been a challenge because you didn't have that. Were you able to practice like, hey, you know, you're going to go on at 530, uh, maybe at 520, like you're, you're, you're testing some things out or, or do yeah, you just you, like so, wing it and just go for it? So once I got into my groove, like I, I sort of write down the, you know, you write down like a couple of the, the basic thought and then like the, the bullet points. The last, the last thing you got to say, because you have to, the, the production crew needs to know the last thing you're going to say so they can roll your package. Yeah. So, you know, um, firefighters are still investigating the scene. So, you know, that the last thing you're going to say is investigating on the scene, right? Uh-huh. And other than that, you kind of like, I'll kind of know what I was going to say, because it's only like, I boil it down to basically three sentences. If you can, when you're a reporter, you just be, basically share three sentences, the intro, you know, um, you know, who knows what happened out here. People are still mad. You know, three people are left in the hospital and investigators still want to know what happened. <laughs> By the time I left Tampa, like I was like, I could do it in my sleep pretty much. I was like, I got it down. So I left, the good thing was I left the station like a, a seasoned journalist. Mm-hmm. So people respected me when I left, but it was just like, man, those first few years were tough. And, uh, but you know, it's, it's those situations that bring out the character. They, they sort of test you and make you, make you who you are. So I don't, I don't regret any of my moments like in Tampa, like even when I sucked, I'm like, Oh man, I wish I, no, I mean, I, I embrace all my, my struggles as well as my victories there. Like they made me who I am today. Um, another thing that really helped me in Tampa was that when I was working as a reporter trainee, I had to learn how to shoot, write, edit. I do basically everything. And those are all skills that I use now as a creative services producer. So now I have to shoot, write, edit. Um, some days I'm on an Adobe premiere all days. I mean, I'm not shooting so much cause I'm from home now. But um, still, all those skills sort of get used in what I'm doing now. Yeah, I know you got mad uh, Adobe Premiere skills because I've seen <laughs> you in the edit suite. I know you had like a behind the scenes clip when you uh, took on that creative job where you were showing the edit suite, which is awesome. <laughs> what, what do you think are the top mistakes that people make when they're trying to communicate a message on video, would you say? That they don't have to work at it. You know, they, they, they don't have to work at it because you do have to put in the reps. Um, that's what I say to everyone. You got to get the reps in. That's what, so when I did my first live shot in Tampa, like it was, I was working with a uh, cameraman named Scott Anderson. Scott was kind of like the old burnout, like oh. um, kind of like Shaggy. Like think about Shaggy from Scooby-Doo, right? <laughs> that's kind of Scott, kind of his personality. He's he didn't been like through really a lot. Work. And... <laughs> <laughs> he didn't really like working too hard, but he got okay. it done, you know, and I love working with Scott. Okay. Scott, Scott Anderson. And uh, Shout out to we, ended on, yeah, we ended up being on some breaking news and like, I was the lead story at like 10 o'clock. And like, oh, as soon as I found out, I was like already shitting my pants, oh, pardon my language. Yeah. Uh, and so That's gotta be intense, right? Cause you're the like, one. I, sl- right I slaughtered the live shot, dude. Yeah. The long oh, yeah. short of it is I slaughtered the live shot. I oh, battled yeah. the whole thing. Uh-huh. I said, um, a thousand times. It was completely unintelligible. I don't know what I was saying. I don't know what I was doing. And Scott looked at me and he said, well, the good thing is, is it's all about your rips, Imani. <laughs> it's it's got to get better from here. <laughs> And that's, that's what I say to anyone who's really, that's what I say to anybody who struggles. Like it's, yeah. and believe me, like I choked so many times that, uh-huh. I mean, I'm sure that even if you're bad on camera, you weren't as bad as I was <laughs> for real. Cause I mean, there's no pressure like live TV. Right. I mean, it's like the ultimate pressure. Oh, yeah. That's such a big deal. I mean, honestly, how many, what's the viewership on like that news? On, uh, oh, in Tampa. I'm, I'm interested in probably 
a mil- more than a million. I right. mean, I don't know what their viewership, their DMA, what they're, I'm right. sure it's like I know six, it's seven million, something. It has to be up there, you know, so, it's a big DMA. And you're going live. Do you have a delay if there's a mistake or nothing like that? No, man. No, okay. I was just curious because I know they've done that with like, if someone curses or something like that. But yeah, no, those no, are more like, the local news is probably not so much, more like on the big like, like sports events or the big events. Yeah, like the Emmys and the Oscars, they do have a delay for those events. Um, but not the news. The news is basically, once you say it, it's, I mean, the latency is very short. You know, once you say it, it's out there. Days, dude, I would get worked up like, <gasps> like I straight panic, dude. And like um, the executive producer was sitting in the booth and she was watching me and I had my earpiece in and like we're in the commercial break and she saw me like start to, <gasps> and she was like, Imani, just take three cleansing breaths. And I just always remember that moment. She like told me just to relax, breathe it out. Now, I don't know if I, I probably still, you know, flubbed the, the live shot. But, you know, if you can just relax, just breathe out your stress and anxiety, you know, relax. That's, that's probably the best thing you can do in terms of, because, you know, amplification, when you're talking about communication, you're going to communicate better when you're, when you're relaxed, um, when you know what you're going to say, you're prepared, and when you have something really thoughtful to share, right? Those three things will hopefully have an impactful message that will help elevate um, your status among your audience, right? So people will see you as the expert. They'll see you as the authority. If, if, because at the end of the day, bro, like people are going to react, respond to how you are. So if you're really uptight on camera, your audience is going to be uptight. Like if I was like, Sean, you know, in our conversation, you probably would be like, what's going on with the mind? You know what I'm saying? Straight up, you know, and if you don't feel confident, just imagine you're confident, just kind of, you know, subconsciously tell yourself you're confident and you'll find that You'll so, like over time, you'll get in the flow, even if it's not the first time, the second time, keep doing it. And you know, you'll get the flow. I think you make a great point is I feel like being relaxed is like the gateway to just being your best self. Because when you're relaxing, you're talking to a friend and you're just chilling and hanging out. That is you're, you're at your best self. You're able to crack jokes or you're able to be your natural self. You're able to conversation who right? you are. Right. And, and, and just, you're not caught up in your head. And I think that's a big part of it. Do that. You just said something really important, right? Not to be caught up in your head because people worry about a lot of things when they're on camera. They so like someone might record themselves. They listen to it back. They're like, I don't like the way I sound. I don't like the way I look. I made a funny expression. Like that's the wrong. You're worried about the wrong thing if you're worried about that stuff because no one's gonna like the way they sound. Like I'm sure the first time you heard yourself recorded, you're like, that's how I sound. Well, that's the way the microphone hears you. That's the way Amani hears you. That's what your parent. That's the way everybody hears you. That's all they know. I mean, seriously, that's all people know. Um, on one of my recent videos, I was like, look, if you don't like the way you sound, if we were going to meet, if me and you, Sean, were going to meet at a coffee shop, would you like, no, I'm not going to meet with you, bro. Cause I sound like a, I don't like the way my voice is. <laughs> <laughs> no way. Yeah. It would not even be in the equation. It's not even in the equation. If you're in business, you got to meet with people. You got to talk to people. You got to share ideas. It's part of business. And the same thing with video. Like if you want to reach people online, this, I mean, these days, you know, this is coronavirus era when we're recording this. I mean, we, me and you could meet face to face if we wanted to. We're six, six feet apart. What kind of conversation can you have six feet apart? We're way closer now than we'd be if, if I was really in for a lot of deal with you right now. So you got to embrace the new media. You got to embrace video. Um, I feel like there are more opportunities now than ever. Like, uh, I don't know if you're on Instagram, but man, on my Instagram feed, there are like more people live than I've ever seen before. It's, it's a fine balance because like, I feel like my natural personality might be, a, I think you asked me that question too. Like one time during, when you were in the class, you were like, you know, how, how do you feel like the real personalities versus your on-camera personality? And my answer was, you got to turn it up just a little bit. Like you got to dial it up just a little bit more 
because you never want to bore people. You never want it. You want them. If you're not excited, people are not going to be excited listening to you, especially when you're just a talking head, right? Because talking heads are like the most boring type of video, honestly, like in the news business, like talking heads are like uh, cover the video. If you have two sound bites from the same person, cover them a second time. Like that's what we used to do. So, um, you know, you just got to find ways to be engaging with your voice and whether it's your speech your pace, um, you know, your pitch, all those things come into play. Oh, that's huge. And I think you're, you're right. Just, I love the, like the visualization of that dial, like just dialing up a little bit because I think you're right. Like sometimes we're just more maybe chill or chillaxing and all that kind of thing, but how do we step it up a notch, still be ourselves, but like pump it up a little bit. Exactly. What I love, what I love about <laughs> like you is, do. yeah. It's, it's a hard, it can be a hard medium, right? At first, when you're first trying to figure it out, it's like, how do I, how do I just get through this message, right? You're right. struggling to get through right. this message. And then it's like, okay, now I can get through a message. How do I infuse some personality? Now that I infuse some personality, how do I turn it up? So it's like, it's a process. One of the things that I love about you is that you're uniquely qualified to talk about this because you were reporting in a major market and you face these struggles that everyone would imagine that you would completely have behind you. Like you would, people, when they see them, like when you see reporters and people on camera, you're like, oh man, they're like pros. Like they don't struggle with any of this stuff. So you being honest and being open about like having that and working in that, that role, it's so, it shows that anything's possible because you've done it and you were in that position. So I think I love, I mean, a lot of people don't, you don't hear from people in those industries as much. Yeah. So, um, yeah, they, you know, they want to show that they're all put together. Yeah. And I have no qualms about like, I, I want to encourage, I want to inspire people. Right. Because I feel like everyone has a story to share, right? Everyone has a unique story. They need to be told they have a unique skill set. They can help bless others. I'm all about like blessing others. Right. So, um, you know, you bless others with your information, with your knowledge. And I feel like video is like the best way to do it. And, you know, for folks that are like, Oh, I can't do it. Cause I failed and failed and failed. Don't worry about that. Like I feel a lot too. Like if I can do it, anyone can do it. I really feel that way. Why do you think Coca-Cola spends billions of dollars on commercials? Um, you know, B Budweiser, all these big brands, average McDonald's because the video is power. They know video works. And so I feel like, man, folks got to share their information because it's the information age we're living in now. And, you know, I feel like, so I'm, I'm all about education, but I definitely feel like our education system is broken and that you don't need a secular education to necessarily be successful. And where's this information to come from? Well, we're going to teach each other, right? We're going to share and teach each other these different things. And I think people need to capitalize on this time right now to do so. And we don't realize it's like you, you need to almost time travel back to like the nineties or before to realize what you have. That's so precious in your pocket. It's just so every it's omnipresent now that you don't even think about it. But if you really set the intention to really appreciate it, you would be blown away and you would totally be taking advantage of it. I mean, when I think about it, like in 2006, when I moved to Atlanta, I think YouTube had been out for like a year. Facebook mm -hmm. was still for college students. The iPhone um, hadn't come you know, out yet, right? Or that's, or... The iPhone hadn't come out yet, mm -hmm. dude. I mean, I didn't get the iPhone until probably... Right was it 2007 or something? Or? I, was, know. I got an iPhone in 2008. I got the 3GS mm -hmm. was my first iPhone. It was the one that shot video. Mm -hmm. And when I got my iPhone, I was like, dude, this is a game changer. I was like, this is a game changer. So I've all been all about the iPhone video. Um, and people just need to understand, like, don't get hung up on your looks, on your voice, on your, you know, sound, or you're not, you forget what you're going to say. Fight through that shit. And if, if you can't fight through it, find a mentor who can help you, you know, reach out to me, reach out to Sean, like somebody, there's somebody in your area who can help you 
feel confident or help you get through your messaging or figure like a lot of folks, like, I don't know what to say. I'm like, dude, just share stories, just share stories to inspire people, share stories that have helped people. What is an, one thing they can do to get better each day at their amplifying who they are and, and their voice on YouTube and, and communicating across video? So go on Instagram and record a one minute video and post it to Instagram every day for a week. One minute video. Just do that. Just record a one minute message on Instagram every day for a week. Cause um, you can post it to IGTV, but on the regular Instagram feed, your videos have to be one minute, no longer. And force your tip. Forces you to be clear. Yeah, that's the length. It's, it's it can clear. be shorter than a minute. It can be shorter than a minute, but why like use less than a minute when you have a minute of, of time? <laughs> every day you do that, you'll be you'll have no problems at all after after a little while. So that's that's what I'm all about. It's like a Lego, you know, building up the Legos and just adding one each day. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. I just released um I just released a uh, a, a video case study and it's all about helping business owners leverage a, a strategy to um, attract leads and customers to them on autopilot even if they're terrified of making videos and um, if anyone wants to watch the free case study I'm not selling anything in the video. Um, let me give you the URL. It's I made a bit.ly link, so I made it super easy. So if you go to bit.ly, um, it is drumroll my video case study. So bit.ly slash my video case study. You can um watch my video there and uh yeah, start getting on track, right? I share some strategies and some examples of how you can uh become confident because at the end of the day. This is the thing. If you're going to market, if you're going to put your business out there, you got to be comfortable on camera delivering it. If you're not, your audience is not going to trust you. You're not going to build that no like and trust. It all starts with confidence. And after that, all the success will follow. So that's what I'm here to do. So yeah. Um, or else just reach out to me. I'm on Facebook, YouTube, Amani channel, um, LinkedIn, um, Instagram, Amani channel or video fearless. And you'll be able to find me. Just Google my name, A-M-A-N-I-C-H-A-N-N-E-L. And by the way, that is my biological name. You didn't ask me that, Sean. But that is my biological. Name, I was thinking so. that man, it's a good mind reader right there. <laughs> so I, this has been great. I really appreciate it, Amani, and um, this has been a great opportunity to connect with you because we're great friends, and I just love supporting each other in this. And uh, I really appreciate you coming by and just sharing some great nuggets. So um, I'm going to share one more thing before we go. Absolutely. For folks that um, are all skeptical about social media, like Sean reached out to me on YouTube right many years ago, mm-hmm. and we just sort of started a conversation and. I've traveled to Fort Lauderdale. I spoke at a conference he had like that's it's all about relationship building at the end of the day. And you never know how relationships will start from your video content. Like I've, I've lifelong relationships with friends because a video connection. And so never, um, never min- minimize the effect that you can have by just putting your content out there relationships that could form from it. Cause at the end of the day, that's what it's all about is relationships. They bring it home. All right, Amani channel. Thank you so much. Thanks. Appreciate you, Sean. This is Monty Channel, and you know you got to amp up your voice for YouTube with Sean Michael. Did I get it? Hell yeah, that was awesome.